Like this is Dude to Bet Sports. Dude to Bet Sports, it's your favorite show. Dude to Bet Sports, where degenerates go. Dude to Bet Sports, time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show for another Thursday edition of the show. We got a lot of picks to get to, a lot going on. But I think Jason asked the most important question, Papa Dude. Did anyone else have ice cream with their lunch today? Papa Dude, did you? No, I did not, Jason. Did you, Aaron? No, I didn't. I uh, I had some cookies. <laughs> I didn't have anything. What the hell? <laughs> Uh, uh, Jesse said, "Is a beer uh, is a beer better, Jason? Yeah, maybe, maybe it is Thursday. No, not not during the day for me. <laughs> yeah. I get heartburn. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I yeah, you were going to say that. Yeah, I'm well, pretty uh, pretty uh, clean when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> He's clean living over there." <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, all right. Well, listen, we got a big show. Uh, but this is our sports show, as everybody knows. But uh, we are a horse racing website, and the Breeders' Cup pre-entries have come out. And uh, it's such a big deal. Even Papa Dude has been taking a look at it. So, I have. Yeah, we wanted to kind of kick off the show with some Breeders' Cup talk because everybody seems to be extremely, extremely excited about it. Uh, there were three divisions we kind of kind of honed in on that you wanted to talk about. We'll start with the sprint. You've looked at the pre-entries. Kind of what were your first thoughts about the sprint? Um, I think it's a two-horse race, probably. Between Don't the you? two jacks, you think? Yeah, probably. I mean, sometimes when those things you think is going to take place, somebody slips up there. Uh, this is the swan song for one of my favorites of all time, Jackie's Warrior. So sentimentally, I sure hope he can win it. Uh, but you know what? There is no sentimental in horse racing. We've seen it too many times. I'm probably going to have to go with Jack Christopher. Christopher, I don't like the way Jackie ran the last time. Yeah. So, and, and and Jackie's getting a little age. I think Jack Christopher is younger, right? Yep. yep. So but that, it, that should be a good one. This uh, uh, Kamari, that's a good horse too. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't think Gunite will run. In this, yeah. do you do Your you file for gunite? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, uh, I think gunite might be the next Jackie's warrior. Got a, got, a, got a possibility. I don't know that he's that level, but boy, he does look good right now, doesn't he? He's young, you know, yeah. he's three. So, yeah, if you'll remember, Jackie didn't turn into a big time sprinter until she was four or he was four, right? Well, no, but late three year old season, okay. Got. Okay. Yeah, the Saratoga season in August is when he really okay. got going. But okay. I mean, later into the three-year-old year, kind of like Gunite. I mean, um, Saratoga really is where he blossomed. He got beat by Jack Christopher, but ran very well. He's won two since, so they're similar in that regard for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both grade one winners as two-year-olds as well. You know, the thing about the sprint, before we move on, that I kind of just the first take that I, when I looked at it, usually gate-to-wire horses do not win the sprint, but mm -hmm. this year... There's not a ton of other speed signed on. Right. It looks like Jackie's Warrior might get out there by himself on the front end. That yeah. could be very, very dangerous. What did you think about that? For a sprint, there doesn't look to be a ton of early speed, does there? I, it, I, I hope it happens. I do. I'd love to see this horse go out on top. Uh, 
mentioning Gunite or Gunite or however you pronounce it, I think it's really interesting. He's coming back on two weeks. And, uh, you know, he just won, what, last Saturday? Mm-hmm. And now he's coming back at two weeks rest. You don't see that very often with these up-and-coming three-year-olds. So Aspies must figure this horse is the real deal, I guess. Do you think maybe he might not bring him? It's a possibility. No, I think he's going to. I think Gunai will be in the dirt mile, and I think another horse that he's going to bring back on two weeks rest, it sounds like at least, is Wicked Halo for the Philly and Mare Sprint. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, right on the same day as Gunite, as you know, and, and both won, looked good over that track. And kind of the thought process, I think, for Asmussen is that was kind of a test run. Let's see how yep. they like Keeneland. Let's see how they perform. You know, are they in the type of form we think they're in? And if they are, let's take a swing at it. So no question what he does. He just don't. This guy is one of the best. And uh, uh, if he thinks they can run, he runs them. You know, he doesn't baby them. So yeah. he thinks they're ready and they're fit. He's going to try them. He's well, we'll f- talk about another Aspuson runner here in a second. But let's okay. let's move on to the distaff real quick before okay. we go to the classic. The distaff does feature that Todd Pletcher, you know, showdown um, between Malathot and and, uh, and of course uh, Nest, but. I guess Aspuson's got one in here too, and Clarier that's had a, had some big wins. Yep. When you look at the distaff, short field, but what do you think of it overall? If you can get Nest at two to one, you better bet every dime you got. That's what I think. No, there's no way that horse is going to be two to one. Do you think? No, I wouldn't think. But that that's right now. That's kind of you see that estimated odd, you know, around. <laughs> Who knows what the reality of that's going to be? Yeah. But I've I seen mean, nine to five, two to one types. Yeah, uh, uh, right uh, now, I, I think. I think we are looking four to five, maybe on Nest. Uh, Malathot's going to take some money, though. Yeah. But Clarier could come up there and steal that. That's one of those horses. I tell you that just when you think she's done, she comes up and bites you. You know, she is one tough customer. So I give her a shot. But from what I've seen out of Nest, I don't think there's anybody better. One horse I want to ask you about, because you and I were together, and this is another Aspuson horse uh, that I, I had almost forgotten about until she pre-entered here. Yeah, uh, we yeah. were together when Society won yes. last time out in the Cotillion. Right. Yeah, I remember it was a big gate-to-wire win in the Cotillion. Exactly. And you were pretty bullish on saying, yeah, she got a loan, but she got a loan because she was just way faster than everybody yes. else. Yes. What I do you think? Could she be that in this race? Well, I'm going to have to see it. You know, this is such a better quality horse we're going. Yeah, and Kevin uh, chimes in right when I ask. Yeah. And he thinks maybe society can take it. I remember that day. Where was that at? Where did she run that day? We were at, we were we were on our way to OU, and we, yes. it was at Parks, the race before the Pennsylvania Derby. And that, and remember, we were talking. You know, we thought this horse had a chance. Yeah. Or at least I did. Yeah. And uh man, she was great that you're right. I totally forgot all about that horse. Yeah. I think it's more of an up-and-comer, maybe. Uh got you gotta gotta use her on your tickets, though. That's for sure. She looked great that day, and he yeah, loved yeah. her too. He was excited about her. He was, he was smiling from ear to ear. We were watching him after the race, and that was uh that's one that, like I said, it really just kind of stuck out at me because we were together and you were you were like, damn, that. I don't care that the track was speed bias that day. That was really impressive. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. She's like I said, I think you describe her best. She's an up and comer uh, that you're definitely going to have to keep an she eye on. might be on. one of those, you know how he is. And you and I follow him closer than anybody. Probably his four-year-old horses run so well, you know, 
she might be one of those that has a fantastic four-year-old season. I yeah. can see maybe running really well in this and maybe not quite getting there and to be the star of the older uh, females uh, next year. I, I could really see that being the case. Yeah, because yeah. you, you look at these older, uh, the, the potential older females. I have no idea what Ness is going to do after this race. If she comes back, she obviously is going to be pretty darn tough. But yeah. past that, your other older horses aren't great. Right. Society is the best of the rest of the three-year-old class, class at least right now. So I, I think you're right. This is also a horse that can sprint if they ask her to do that as well. So yeah. a lot of options for her. I think that's going to be but kind of a fun one to follow. An interesting question to bring up, I think, uh, or I, I'd like to talk about it in a minute is, let's say you're an owner of a of a champion female like this. It doesn't really make sense to me to retire her at three. Yeah, she can only have one colt a year. Yeah, you don't make any money out of a female in the breeding shed. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, you do, but it's substantially lower. Than yes. Her. Yeah. I mean, to me, wouldn't you run her as a four-year-old and make more money on her there? Yes. Than you do on that lone foal that she has. Yeah. So I would think if she's healthy, they run her again. As a four-year-old, I sure were. I sure would if I was the owner of that. Yeah, owner. you got to be a little bit more patient with fillies when it comes to the breed or mares when you come to the breeding shed. I mean, you can make a lot of money off of them, but it's 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 fewer and further between. Just but it's obvious, like you can yeah. breed a horse a hundred times. You know, yes, right. this one it's it's one every year is what you're going to get well, out of her. So. To me, if this horse is is healthy and running full tilt, and I'm the owner and I love to watch her run she's running as a four-year-old yeah no i agree and i i think i think she will i, I haven't heard anything one way or another though you never know um all right let's go let's move on to the classic and then we'll go on to our sports picks the classic again uh, another field that's going to be one of the shorter ones but you kind of see why with flight line entered i know i introduced you to time form uh maybe a year and a half ago i can't remember two years maybe a 151 time form is something I certainly never thought I would see. Isn't that weird to see that page and be like, unbelievable. Oh, I know. Uh, you, you've into this much more in depth than, depth than I am. Is this the best field ever? At the top, especially. Don't we have about a good a quality top four horses as we've had in a while? It's funny you mentioned that because I went back and looked at last year as I'm trying to, get away from the, the the lines here as i looked at last year's field um the winner of the race ran like a one which was nick's go ran like a 132 time form almost every horse in this race has had a better number than that i think this classic is much much better than what we saw last year as a whole yeah it, you've got stars in this year's classic without any doubt it led by Flightline, yes, for sure. He is a massive superstar. But guys, like Epicenter has had a fantastic year. Cyberknife is not going to be in the race, but if he was, he's had a great year. Happy Saver usually is a board hitter. Hot Rod Charlie was fourth in this race last year. Life is Good is a shoe-in Horse of the Year winner if he wins this race. No doubt. Olympiad has lost once and is a shoe-in Horse of the Year winner if he wins this race. Rich Strike, one of the most famous Derby winners, whether it be good or bad, ever. And Taba, a horse that has a world of potential. This is a stellar group. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at Epicenter. Could have easily won the Triple Crown. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I'm not going to go that far, but easily could have a Derby or Preakness on the resume, if not. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, this horse is super. Mm-hmm. Just had bad luck. Just some bad luck. Yeah. Uh, to to touch on Epicenter, he is, he is literally, you know, and again, he didn't win. So it's not, well, I'm yeah. not making excuses That's for him, but he is literally like a couple of real funky upsets away. Yeah. Almost being, you know, with one or two losses on the resume. Yeah, what I meant was he's triple crown quality. Yeah, yeah. And he's and he's running great right now. Mm-hmm. And then you got this freak in flight line. And then if, if you'll remember as a three-year-old, life is good was on the trail to becoming one of the best ever. Yep. And now he's come back and just run really well. Almost every time he goes out there, he runs mm-hmm. good. And then Taba was fantastic the last time he ran. So I, I want people to think about last year with life is good. Everybody was like, oh, I wish he would go to the classic. I think he's a main contender, a strong contender. He's going to win the classic or, you know, he'll have, be right up there with a chance. Here he is in this year's classic. And most people don't think he's going to hit the board. I don't know. So how what does that tell you though about the strength of this class? Well, look at him. He's five to one. Yeah, he's well, five to one on this early line. Right, estimated right now. Yeah. Yeah, and and epicenter six to one. I know. Yeah. So, fill me in again. You've told me many times, but I don't. I get all confused. I'm getting old. What's flight line story? Why is this horse suddenly come out of nowhere? Now sure. he's in the throne, right? Yeah, flight. So what? Flightline is a. It, it, it was a million dollar purchase. They got him to the races like mid April as a three year old. He ran once. Everybody went nuts. We didn't see him again until September. Okay. He had some problems. They couldn't get him back. Ran in September. Um, ran so well. They're like they have to go to the Breeders' Cup with him last year at Del Mar. He's so good. Couldn't quite get him there. Didn't rush him. Ran him in December in the Malibu. Then all the way to June 11th before we saw him again of this year and then the Pacific Classic and now here. So he's had some issues. He's He's only had five uh, starts. And it sounded like he was a late bloomer anyway. No two-year-old campaign, right? Right. So he's had issues, but when he's healthy, he's a freak. Yeah, correct. Looking forward to it. This will be something to see, I think. Yeah, I agree. How has the Travers winner performed in the Classic? Arrogate was able to win the Travers and the Classic uh, in recent times. I don't, I can't remember. Um, of course, American Pharaoh won, but he did not win the Travers. Uh, I don't think there's been another winner of the Travers that went on to win this race in recent memory. Um, but but Arrogate did do it. He beat California Chrome. After setting that record in the Travers, he was fantastic. So, um, yeah, Epicenter, it's going to be interesting to see if he can match up. It's it's not going to be easy. Um, that's for sure. But, listen, you said it after the Pacific Classic. You said, look, Flightline's going to have to face better horses uh, yeah. in, in the Classic. Those woes were not good horses. And no. I said, well, what about Country Grammy? So forget about it. Epicenter is a lot better horse than what he's going to have to face or what's what he faced in the Pacific Classic. Yeah, and so's Taba, and so's Life is Good, and it's any number of these, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This is quality top to bottom. Now, are you thinking Cyberknife is going to play, going to run in this or run in the Dirt Mile? The Dirt Mile is where Cyberknife is being pointed reportedly. Uh, and isn't so. that interesting how they've decided to? I think they looked at it and said, we can win the Dirt Mile. I do too. Yeah. 
And that's the name of the game. Why put you what why put your horse somewhere you're not gonna win or you're not yeah very sure you can. Um yeah, exactly. And I think the dirt mile makes a lot more sense for Cyberknife. Um Did you know I, go ahead. No, go ahead. In the dirt mile, also simplification is in that. I don't like simplification much in that one. I know, but isn't that interesting that they moved him down to the mile? Right. Well, I think I think that's what you're seeing. Like, uh, where was that comment? Yeah, uh, Kevin B. talking about, you know, Tacitus and our collector and those types, right? Um, used to be in the Classic or have been in the Classic before. You're not getting that this year because of Flightline. Oh, yeah. Because of how good it looks. So in the past with a fringe horse, you're going to take your chance. Here, yes. it's like, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. That's well, you know, it's not only, you're not only taking your chance with flight line, you're taking your chance with life is good, epicenter. I mean, there's quality behind li uh, flight line. Yeah, you know? that, that's true. You, yeah. You're going to have to beat a lot of them. And you are. Yeah, and it's not times, easy. You know, you thought, well, I have a shot at second. That's a pretty good purse. Mm -hmm. You know, second play. That's a pretty good purse to run second. You don't really have that. <laughs> you're gonna have to be pretty good to finish second in this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like if you're a horse like Cyberknife, even who's very good, no. I I don't think you can get second. No, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> uh, a couple things before we move on to the sports side of it. Um, let me scroll through these uh, comments real quick. There was a couple I wanted to touch on. Oh, I'll touch on yours, Dennis, real quick. Uh, where did you say? Where did you say? Oh. You said something about a comment that I made. I think the comment yesterday you liked was um, I was I was kind of visually like seeing how the race, how the classic would unfold. And we were talking about life is good. And I said, well, I have life is good off the board. And here's why. I think if he gets to the lead and he's comfortable, which he should, and then flight line passes him, I think if life is good might try to rally back into him. And then when he can't, he will quit completely. Yes. Makes so sense. in my opinion, life is good is off the board or what if life is good gets out ahead, flight line maybe doesn't quite fire and can't get to him. In that case, I actually like life is good to win. Almost saying if, if flight line wasn't in the race, I would really strongly consider picking life is good because he's going to be on the lead. I don't see a lot of other speed with him. And he's the type that if he gets out there and they can't get to him, he's not going to come back to you. And yeah. And, so you got to go get him. And I think with flight line, he has the ability to pass him. Therefore life is good. May kind of give it up. And then that's when your epicenters and your tables will make their runs. That's kind of how I visualize right. it. Of course, how you visualize something. And then what happens when, the, yeah. when they break from the gates, two different things. Yeah. And I think what you're kind of also saying is if he can't win it, he's just going to say the heck with it. You know what I mean? No, that yeah, that's the the simplest way of putting it. Yeah, which is exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, if he can't it. win it, he's going to say, you know what? I can't beat that horse. I don't care if I finish second, third, or seventh. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> some horses, some horses, and I think life is good as like this. He's so like I just feel like if you got inside of his head, all he wants to do is break as fast as he can and get away from those horses. And probably I don't want to see anybody else. Yeah. But then if there's a horse good enough to get him, he gets real frustrated and says the hell with it. If you watch the if you watch the uh, Dubai World Cup, that's kind of what happened. There were horses that were good enough to get to him slash he didn't run it quite as well. He probably should have gotten second in that race. He was probably the second best horse that day. But once he got past, it's just like he was irritated and he's like, 
oh, I can't do that. So I'm done. You know, I don't feel like you look at him and think he's a real gutty type. He's just kind of a freak and it's tough to beat a freak, but unfortunately for him, you got another freak in the race and I think yeah. might disheart him. Yeah. <laughs> and I always think of it. This is kind of dumb, but he's a horse. He's not getting the money. So First or fifth doesn't matter to him. Nope. You know, <laughs> he's going to get the same oats. He might get a little bit better oats if he wins it, but he's going to get the same thing for supper, whether he wins it or not. You know, this kind of horse that's won so much money. They're not going to criticize him too much if he doesn't win this. So one more scenario, because I, I've been living this for months, and this oh, is all yeah. I want to talk about. Uh, Kevin B says he kind of he, he kind of sees like a Hot Rod Charlie slash Happy Saber getting – third uh, behind the better of the three-year-old who gets second. I talked about this a little bit yesterday, Kevin. I don't know if you watched on the on our pre-entry show. To me, what I think is going to happen is Flightline makes the move into Life is Good. And Life is Good gets frustrated and backs up. The next thing that's going to happen is who made the move with Flightline from that three-year-old bunch and, and tried to move like with him and try to take the first shot at him? Whoever that is, I think is going to go backwards once the real running begins. And the other three-year-old who was a little more patient will kind of just chunk up there and get second. And I do think that leaves a void in third for somebody, whether it be Hot Rod, Happy Saver, a Rich Strike perhaps, to run up and get third. Even though they may not be the third best horse from a talent perspective, they just kind of ran the race to get third. Does that make sense? What I'm, you know, probably not. That's me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we see this all the time. Yeah. The third place horse just keeps running, just keeps going, you know? And sometimes these champions that are used to winning see they can't win it and they do drop back. Mm -hmm. That happens. A, we see it a lot. How many times do you see a really close down the stretch and, and, and then a couple of horses passes one that's been running great and that, that one that gets passed just kind of quits. Yeah. And it's back. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the, that to me, this, like what we're talking about right now is the most fun thing about racing um, and handicapping is trying to visualize exactly how it's going to work out, you know, because that's how you hit the, you might get the winner. Okay. We know who that's going to be maybe, or at least we have a strong opinion on it, but how you get the exactas and tries is you kind of come up with these scenarios and that's, that's basically what we're doing. Right. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, so that's it. That's our uh, that's our racing talk. We definitely are excited about it. Uh, Papa Dude's picks will be on the guide as always. He's always on our guides, so look for those. He will be on there. He's laughing. He does well on these guides. So I, here's what I fit. Here's what I like about having you on it. Right, all of us guys are just almost to the point where we overthink it. You just swoop in and it's like, okay, there it is. You know. Yeah, I kind of learned this. since I've been helping you do these picks on these smaller tracks. Uh -huh. I've realized you do just as well if you spend five minutes or an hour. <laughs> you just really do. You just kind of go in there. Okay, let's do this. Okay. We'll I think this. it's because the longer sometimes now sometimes a race requires a little more than a little more attention. Let's say right, it's a little more complicated, but. For a lot of these races, I think the longer you look at it, the more tangled you get. Yeah. Where if you look it, at it, it, this horse is the best horse, and this horse is second, and, and there's a long shot to get third. Boom, go to the next one. 
it really is pretty simple as that. But the more I've said this to many, many people who ask me, and I'm in no way you and Mike and Magic and, and Jared's category, no way. But I know a little more than most people. And they'll ask me and I'll go, you know, the more I, I do this, the more I start worrying about things. There's just more stuff to start worrying about in a race when you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Just go with your gut and go from there. And Because there's so many angles you can play. All you guys play pace. Some of you play pace. Some of you play speed. Some of you do trainers. Some of you do jockeys. And then some of you do a little bit of all of it. And, man, it can, and then you start looking at uh, – uh, where they want on a fast track, a, a slop, and yeah. you, it just it. That's, you really did, Kevin. You did. You did waste four hours. <laughs> if you well, were watching two year old year old races, yes, I, I agree with you. On that. It depends on what who you were watching, Kevin. No, listen, I wasted a lot of time watching year old. Oh, we all do. We all do. Yeah. Hey, but I, you know what? You can sit there and say you waste a lot of time watching that hockey game last night too. So you know. Yeah, that's it is true. what it is. That's definitely true. Um, Kevin, a couple questions. We got to get going. Uh, we're we're going to rapid fire the, the, the picks today. Uh, <laughs> Highfield Princess and the Platinum Cream. How, Platinum Queen. <laughs> how much money are they going to take? Uh, after watching replays, Kevin, I think the Platinum Queen is going to take quite a bit. <laughs> Highfield Princess. I'm kind of on the fence about what that horse is going to do or what that horse is, how much money it's going to take. But I think the platinum queen will be bet pretty hard. Um, this is a good one. Uh, it's insane that sharp as attack didn't draw in, did not draw in, but I think will eventually make uh, his way into the race. Uh, some of the horses have first preference somewhere else that's ahead of him. I agree. Probably should have been in that top 12 anyway, but I do think we'll actually make the body of the field once it happens. Um, and I'm with you. I think the horse is interesting. So, yeah, I guess the best way to kind of end this talk, stay tuned. A lot more talk coming up. <laughs> Blinkers off tonight. We'll be we'll be going over these pre-entries. Um, and then, you know, next week, obviously, a lot of stuff. But uh, I, I, just wanted, I, I, I would like to just make one comment. You're absolutely right. If you guys like horse racing. Just stay tuned to this channel. You're going to get so much stuff. These guys are going to hit it all over the place. I would like for Kevin and some of you guys to go to the track with me and him just <laughs> one time and you would die laughing. You really would. The bitch in the lot that's arguing the stupid stuff. Yeah. You know what? That's what horse racing is about. If you can't go have fun, then don't go. And sometimes I think we take it too serious. Well, I yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and that goes back to what we're saying. Sometimes you show up at a track and, You've got the race handicapped in a few minutes, and then you just make intelligent bets, and whatever happens, happens. And usually, that's when you do the best. So. Yeah, don't get mad. I get mad, and I and because when you miss one, you worked and worked and worked, and you miss it, and say it finishes twelfth, yeah. you know, and you had it winning the race, and it don't don't run at all. You so, can't get mad. You just can't. So, you know. Jay, Jesse, we were very fortunate to meet Jesse and Jalen uh, at the track at Saratoga, and that that. <laughs> You would love these two. Uh, Jalen is hilarious. He gives that he gives his dad shit constantly. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to tell him what to do. And of course, Jesse, when you pick Sandin to win the Travers, I mean, you deserved it. Jalen deserved <laughs> to give that to you. No, they reminded me a lot of us. Uh, obviously, Jalen much younger, and 
Jesse much young, younger as well, but uh, but yeah, same kind of thing. Cool stuff. Yeah. So that's the question, though. Are you going to Saratoga next year? The problem with Saratoga is it's right during my beach time, and that's always been the issue. So I'm going to have to try to do something. Well, listen, I, I you're going to have to go. That's just I got to go. I know it. I might have to I, next year. I, I I say this every year, so we'll we're going to have to do it. Yeah, I know better than that too, Jason. Oh. So, well, we have a good time. And I know Pedlo tried to get it to Remington. I I had to go home that day, Pedlo. I'm sorry. We will make it. Know, uh, the Pedlo. The problem with Remington for Aaron and I, it's a bad time of the year for us uh, because we go to all those OU games and it just doesn't ever mesh. You know, you if would think Remington, it would, but it seems to never work out. Right. If Remington ran on Sunday, that would really help. That would help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That would, yeah. Lake George does have a beach, Papa dude. <laughs> okay. I need to. I, I I I was talking to Sandy a while ago, and and uh, Mike Samich has got an extra ticket to the Breeders' Cup, and uh, you know, I just it's too much people for me right now. Anyway, she and I said, you know, I would, I really don't. I would like to go just to meet all these people that. Yeah, might be there. Or the same with Saratoga. You guys go to Saratoga, and I'm going to get up there just to do that because, you know, you're good to me, and I I'd love to meet you. I really would. And yeah, you probably you, would be disappointed to meet me, but anyway, I you, you would enjoy Saratoga. I, I, I know. I, I would just enjoy the whole thing. I'd like to go up to Lake Placid. So, oh yes, you would enjoy Lake Placid immensely. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got to. I've got to. We've got to do that. All right. Well, speaking of things we've got to do, by the way, gosh, uh, I'm going to be watching these races in the background, alive in the pick five at Belmont and alive in the pick five at Keeneland. So this All is right. nerve wracking as we go through this, but we got to get to the sports. We got to do it. This is a sports show. I said, we're going to have to rapid fire it because we still time. Plus we've still got questions at the That's end. Right. So, all right, let's <laughs> take it off. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, stick around for your favorite part of the show. That's right. That's right. We do the questions first, but we figure everybody turn off the would leave if we did the questions first. Yeah, our our viewership really swells yeah. once we get to the uh, <laughs> to the questions part. Uh, Capper will give you the VIP tour. How about yeah, that? I got it. Jackie Warrior, nice. All right, here we go. Let's go to the <laughs> that will never yeah. go. Um, Virginia Tech versus North Carolina State tonight <laughs> in college football. What a segue. Uh, North Carolina State, 13 and a half point favorite. No quarterback, though. Well, they have a quarterback, but at the backup, what do you think? Oh, that's the only issue. I, I think they win because Tech is not very good. 13 and a half, uh, you know, that's tough when you don't have a quarterback, but I could see them maybe holding Virginia Tech to three, you know, and then you only got to score 17, which I think they're capable of. So that would be the only thing I'd look at this one. I'm going to stay away from it, though, because I don't know what their backup situation is. Same. I think North Carolina State wins. Don't know that they cover. Kind of back and forth on that one. All right, Utah, and Dennis chimes in, says a lot of trap games this week in college football. Here's one. Utah on the road tonight, late night, in Pullman, Washington, against Washington State. Utah, seven-point favorite. What about this one? Well, we talked about it on The Daily Show a while ago. I like Washington State tonight, uh, plus the points. I don't know if they win. I don't think they will. But I've seen them play a couple times. They're pretty good. Their defense is really good. And somebody made a point, and I didn't get a chance to mention it on the, uh, I think it may have been Kevin uh, on the uh, Daily Show, uh, that 
Utah is not the same defensively that they've been. And in the past, they've been able to go on the road and they can shut people down. If you'll notice, people are scoring points on them. So their defense isn't as good. I think they'll score enough to win, but I like Washington State plus seven in this one. I'm with you. I think Utah wins. Washington State covers in this game. All right, let's go to the big one at Penn State. Can Penn State make it two in a row after a big win last week against Minnesota? Much better opponent this week, but they've been tough on Ohio State in the past when they go to Penn State. What do you think? Ohio State, Penn State, Ohio State, 15 and a half point favorite. Do they win? Do they cover? You know, that's going up, too. It's It, it started at 14. Now it's 15 and a half. I'm a little surprised Penn State didn't have this for uh, wideout. That's kind of surprising to me that they had wideout last week, unless they're going to have it again, which yeah. they might. They usually do have it for Ohio State. Yeah, that's kind of a shock to me. Uh, 11 o'clock game, too. That's weird. Uh, 15 and a half. I'm taking Penn State plus 15 and a half. I think Ohio State wins. I'm going to take Penn State plus the 15 and a half, and I do think Ohio State will win, but that is a lot of points to go uh, on the road and try to win. So that's that's going to – or to try to cover, I should say. So that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, I think Penn State will keep it closer than that, but in the end, Ohio State probably just a little bit – You know, talented. one thing, we haven't – Ohio State didn't play anybody really. They really that's have. That's true. Yeah. Notre Dame, and they're not – I mean, you beat Notre Dame, that's good. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But they're not real strong. This is the best team they've played, I think. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. All right, Pedlo's leaving, but he said Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner to Pedlo. Hopefully we get a win. We might talk about yeah. the game here in a second. All right, let's go on. TCU goes on the road to take on West Virginia. Um, West Virginia did upset Baylor a couple of weeks ago at West Virginia. Always a tough place to play. TCU, even though they're 7-0, and just a 7.5-point favorite in this game. I think, uh, Dennis, this is one of those trap games. TCU's came off of three emotional games in a row, and they've won them all. West Virginia is not easy to play at. West Virginia got killed last week at Texas Tech. I can see an upset in this one. Uh, I'm not going to pick it as an upset because TCU's good. I think this goes down to the wire, but I think TCU pulls it out. I think TCU pulls it out. I think it goes down to the wire. I'm with you. I think it'll be an interesting game. I think this is one when you're on your phone and you look at the scores, you're like, oh my God, West Virginia's ahead 17 to 7. You know? Yeah, That's I can my see prediction. It. Yep. Yeah. All right. Notre Dame goes on the road. Notre Dame, you can't figure out. They go on the road this weekend to take on Syracuse. The Dome's going to be rocking. Ricky's going to be rocking. No, uh, Syracuse, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, to me, this is a really tough one. Where'd you go? Well, you took the words out of my mouth. I don't know. I don't know about Notre Dame. I know this. Syracuse has a great defense, and they're going to come after you, and Notre Dame's offense is not very good. So I think it's low scoring. I would go under 48 in this one. I think it's going to be 20 to 17, something in that neighborhood. I could be totally wrong, but that's what I think. How much does Syracuse have left in the tank after almost beating Clemson? So I'm picking Notre Dame to win because I just don't think Syracuse has got enough left after that great effort uh, last week. Notre Dame. 
<laughs> field goal, Notre Dame. I don't know. I, I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't buy Syracuse still. I don't buy them, but they're tough. Field goal, Notre Dame. Here's the thing. Syracuse doesn't have, I mean, the quarterback is tough as nails, but if you can stop him on the option, they don't have much else. And I think Notre Dame can do that. I think Notre Dame will shut them down, but I think Notre Dame will also get shut down. And, yeah. you know, I think, I guess. I'm going under 48. The under 48 is the bet for me. If I had to make a bet in that game, yeah. that's what I would do. Um, I think it'll go under 48. I think Notre yeah. Dame in the end is going to win. Field goal. Notre Dame 13 to 10. They're going to win that game. Sounds about right. All right. Florida goes on. Or not on the road. Florida goes into the neutral field game, largest outdoor cocktail party, Jacksonville, Florida, Florida, and Georgia, Georgia, 22 and a half point favorite. Uh, we've seen upsets in this game in the past. Are we going to see one this year? I don't think so. Uh, the line is huge for a rivalry game. This is a big rivalry, but I don't think Georgia is good enough to beat or uh, Florida is good enough to beat Georgia. I'm not going to bet it. I do think 22 and a half is too much, but I'm not going to bet it. I'm going to say Georgia, big, big. Okay. Point plus for Georgia in this game. Mm. I don't think, I don't think Florida's ready. I think they, I think they kind of got overhyped after that Utah win and they have been really pretty average ever since. So, all right. Speaking of a team that got pounded week one and then came back and looked great. Six and one Oregon now up to number eight in the country. They go to California and Oregon a 17-point favorite in this one. Well, this is kind of a trap game, coming off a huge win over UCLA and having to go on the road. Cal is not very good, so I don't think Oregon loses. I think they struggle a little bit early, but then pull away late and cover the 17. Oregon, big. Big in California. I'm sure I'm glad Kevin B is is seeing what I'm trying to do here. All right, let's move on to this. One. Listen, ever since I started doing the Corso thing, I, my picks have been hitting, so I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Oklahoma State on the road this weekend. Uh, you mentioned it on uh, the Monday show. An underdog again. Oklahoma State gets no respect. They're a one and a half point underdog on the road against Kansas State. All right, Manhattan, kind of a tough place to play. What do you think about this one? Well, I, I we talked about this, and I do not understand why Oklahoma State gets no respect. I don't get it. People don't realize in the last 10 years, they've won as many games as anybody. They've been as consistent as anyone in the last 10 years. And I hate them, and I'm bragging on them, and I hate to have to do that, but it's true. Facts are facts, and you can't sugarcoat it. Yep. K-State lost last week, um, blew a 28-10 to 10 lead. I don't know what their quarterback issue is. I haven't looked. It doesn't matter to me. I'm taking Oklahoma State all the way. I think they beat them by 10. Good pick. Oklahoma State, a field goal and an extra point. They beat them by four. Oklahoma <laughs> State rolls in this one. All right, Wake Forest goes on the road to take on Louisville. Wake Forest is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Louisville. This could be a trap game. What do you think? I think this is, you know, if I was Wake, I'd be scared to death of this game, Dennis. I really would. At times, Louisville has played well. I, they beat Pittsburgh last week, so they're playing really well. This is a toughie uh, for Wake. I think if it was uh, like Clemson going in there at 6-1, and one, 
with the same resume Wake Forest is, they'd be about a 17-point favorite. I think the fact it's Wake, it's three and a half. Um, I think they cover. I, I think it's fairly close, though. I think Louisville plan pretty well. I don't think Louisville can shut them down. Wake Dennis, Forest. No. Dennis, $9. You can go watch the number 10 team in the country, Wake Forest. Wake Forest, big. I don't think it'll be a game. Yeah. Wake Dennis, Forest wins this one. If you don't have the money, Dennis, go out to Walmart with a sign. Put it up there. Need food. And maybe you can get your $9 to get into the game. <laughs> Why would he even say need cash, wouldn't he? Not need food. Oh, well, they'll give you money instead of food. Oh, I guess. And, uh, I'm kidding you, Dennis. Make a good bet tonight. Keep that $9 aside and go see it. That, hey, Sam Hartman is worth going to see for $9. I think so, too. I can't believe it's $9. Uh, beautiful stadium there. I've never been, but I've walked by it a hundred times. So. Great place. Yeah, go, Dennis. Go. All right. The Fighting uh, Illini go on the road this weekend to take on the Fighting Cornhuskers. Nebraska, three and four. They've been, a, I guess, a little better since firing Scott Frost. Not much, really. Illinois, the surprise team there at six and one, up to number 17. Like I said, seven and a half point favorites here for the Illini. What do you think? Well, you know what I think. I think this will be a tough game. I do. And I've said it from the for two weeks. Nebraska's got enough offense to give them some trouble. And Illinois doesn't have the offense that can exploit Nebraska's weakness, which is defense. So I think it's Fairly close. I think the line is about right. I think Illinois wins it. I'm not going to bet it because I'm not sure of anything when it comes into this. I hope Illinois wins. I'm pulling for them big time because I think what they've done so far has really been good. They they really need this one. They can't afford to lose this game. You've been saying they're going to slip up somewhere. Is this it? I don't think they'll slip up in Lincoln. Don't That'd you be think a big time slip? Right? Well, they did lose at Indiana, which is putridly bad. Yeah. So I think they're going to get this one. Uh, I'm going to take Nebraska plus the seven and a half. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I think Illinois kicks a field goal. It hits the upright and goes in to win the game on the last play of the game. Illinois wins this one 16 to 13. Field goal hits the upright and goes in. Good enough no? for me. I hope so. I'll take the under on that 50 and a half for sure. All right. Cincinnati goes on the road to take on Central Florida. Cincinnati's won six in a row, but they're underdogs in this spot. Central Florida, one and a half point favorite. They've kind of been up and down this year as well. This is a weird one. I can't believe this. I can't believe it. Here's another team that gets no respect. A year away from getting all kinds of respect, and now suddenly they get zero respect. Am I not mistaken, or did Central Florida get clobbered last week at East Carolina? Correct. So how in the world are they a one-and-a-half-point favorite? I don't get it. I mean, I can see them this being a good game. And I can see Cincinnati being only a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't see any way Central Florida's favored. I think Cincinnati might beat them two touchdowns. This might be my best bet. I don't not know. so fast, my friend. Two touchdowns, that's crazy. I'll take Central Florida to win this one by uh, hey. one point. Lee, you need to go to the retirement home. <laughs> not so fast. I'm telling you, I think Central Florida will beat them. I'm not sure what, what Cincinnati is. Um, I think Central Florida gets it done in this game. 
I'll take consistency over inconsistency any day. Ooh, that's kind of a Lee Corso comment as well. All right, let's move on. Missouri goes to South Carolina. This would be a pretty good ball game. Missouri's Ooh. not terrible this year. South Carolina up to five and two now. They get ranked, uh, and they probably deserve it. They've won some games that I don't think they would have or should have uh, or could sure. have. <laughs> any, any of those words would have worked. South Carolina, three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Um, this line has dropped. Yep. It opened at five, five-and-a-half, so I don't really know why it's dropped. I don't know what's happened that caused it to drop. I don't think South Carolina should be ranked. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, just because you beat Texas A&M, you should be <laughs> ranked. <laughs> I think that uh, win against Kentucky was a big one for them. Yeah, and they didn't have their quarterback. Yeah, so. exactly. If this game was in Columbia, I would take the Tigers. The game is in Columbia. Columbia, that's true. But if it's in Columbia, Missouri, I would take the Tigers. Since it's in uh, South uh, Columbia, South Carolina, I'm going to take South Carolina to cover. Yep, the Battle of Columbia goes to South Carolina this year. I'll take South Carolina minus the three and a half as well. Kentucky goes to Tennessee. Is it a trap game for Tennessee? Tennessee's got quarterback back. Tennessee a 12-point favorite. I don't know how that can be a trap game because Kentucky's ranked. And I don't think it's a trap game when you play a ranked team, especially at home. Uh, you better watch out for the Wildcats. If anybody can slow them down, it'll be them. But I don't think they can. I don't think they have enough offense to beat them. So I think I think it's going to be really close until late. And I think a couple of touchdowns are going to do it. So I'm taking Tennessee to cover. I think Tennessee is gonna gonna beat them pretty easily because I feel like I don't know who can stop Tennessee. Like I, I think they're still gonna get their points on Kentucky, and I don't think Kentucky's explosive enough. No. You might be right. Maybe Kentucky keeps it close for a little while, but I think we're both gonna be on the same side. We're going Tennessee minus the twelve. I think it's be he's tough. gonna be. Can Kentucky limit the long pass? Can they keep that long seventy-five yard pass? which is they used against Alabama. Can they keep that from happening? Yeah. But I don't know whether they can or not. I don't know either. I, I, it's tough. It's going to be really tough. And like I said, I think Tennessee will be able to stop them enough to kind of get away from them. So, right. All right, Lincoln Riley takes the Trojans into Arizona, down to the desert. USC, a 15-and-a-half-point favorites. Will they keep it rolling this weekend? Or, I guess, get back on track, I should say, this weekend. Right, and they've had a week off. Uh Arizona's vastly improved. They're not good enough to beat USC. I think they cover. Keep having visions of when Oregon went down there and just slaughtered Arizona. I think USC will do the same. So, I do too. Yeah, I think I think this will be a pretty easy game for USC. All right, Michigan State. They've had Michigan's number for a lot of years. I don't know about this year. Michigan State is struggling. Michigan looks really good. 22-and-a-half point favorite for the Wolverines. What's going to happen in this one? Uh, Michigan State's coming off a, a, a win. I can't remember who they beat, but it was somebody. What? Who did they beat last week? Somebody decent, I think. They beat, uh, didn't it? Was it Wisconsin they beat last week? No, that Wisconsin beat Purdue last week. Maybe the, maybe they beat them the week before. I think yeah, they. they beat, yeah, I think they beat Wisconsin. Yeah, both yeah. of them have had the week off. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, JL. Um, uh, what? Okay, what was I going to say? Okay, <laughs> I don't think they have a chance in this game. So I'm going to go Michigan. I think they beat them by as bad as they want. It's cheering because the pick five was hit at Belmont. All right. All right. Woo. 
Um, $566. Whoa. On a $96 ticket. Not too bad, but not great. No, uh, not I'll take bad. it. It's 500 bucks. All right. Let's move on. Oh, I'm taking Michigan, by the way. I don't think yeah. it'll be much of a game. Uh, all right. Let's move on here. Old Miss goes on the road, take on Texas A&M. Boy, A&M has had some problems. My yes. Goodness. What do yeah. you think? How's that going to factor into this one? Mississippi, a two-point favorite. Well, we got to talk about this just a second for yes. what's going on at A&M. Yeah. My gosh, chaos is going on. It's a mess. It's a mess. So the question is, how much blame do you put on the head coach for this? Now, the rumors coming out are, and I'm hearing it in a lot of places, three kids were smoking weed in the locker room after the game at South Carolina the other day. Are you hearing that too? I've heard this, yeah. Yes. It's not been confirmed. Of course, they're not going to They're not gonna uh, go out and talk about this much. Yeah. They have been suspended. They're playing terrible. Mm-hmm. You would think there's no way they can get up for this game. I just – I mean, I, you would just have to think there's turmoil in that locker room. How are they going to get up and play a game? But sometimes you do, you know, sometimes you rally around. I think there's so much problems going on. Here's the deal. If Mississippi loses this game, they're not any good, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I, I just think, you know, Mississippi's coming off a bad loss. Not a bad loss, but they got beat too bad at uh, LSU. Yeah. That's what's, what's bad about the loss. <sighs> I'm going to stay away from it because I've seen teams rise up. You know A&M's got talent. Will they rally around what's left of that and play the game of their lives and try to save their season, or have they tossed it in? That's what we don't know. I think what we're seeing is what happens in the new era of college football when things fall apart, right? Because the bottom line is there's a lot of money that was spent at A&M. On a, a recruiting class of all time. Yeah, and there's there's no results. And there's a lot of money spent on that head coach, and there's no results. Right. So it's a problem. And this is four or five kids in that recruiting class that's been suspended for various reasons. So you have to think they're not – they're just going out and getting athletes, and they're not looking at the character of the athletes trying to get this great recruiting class, and it's not panning out. And the other question is, how much longer are the how much longer is the rope going to be for Jimbo Fisher, and is he going to have to accept part of the blame for what's going on? Do you know his buyout situation? I'm sure it's huge. Eighty-seven million dollars. That is just ludicrous. <laughs> That's the buyout situation on Jimbo Fisher. Eighty-seven million dollars. Yes. Okay. That's all you need to know about what's wrong at Texas A&M. Uh-huh. If they got themselves in a mess like that to where to get rid of a coach that's obviously has lost control or seems to have lost control, I don't know how much to blame you can put on him, but somebody should have – there should be enough respect and fear to for those players not to do that in the locker room. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. Right, yeah. So they obviously don't have any respect for the program. No fear of the coach. They don't care. You, and then you have an $87 million buyout. Yeah, he's right. Jimbo's living the American dream. My God. Yeah. What's he care whether they fire him or not? Yeah. It's it's crazy to think about that. So 
We'll see. We'll see how that works out, but uh, it's not going well, and it hasn't gone well. No, I mean, this they is had one one really good year, and that was in the COVID year. The COVID year, they were good. Yes, yeah. yes. The rest of the, the time, they haven't been any better under him than anybody else. No. So, and you go down through history, A and M is never any good. No, they're never. good. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you call eight and four, nine and three. That's about as good as they ever are, which is fine. That's not. I mean, we shouldn't knock that, but I. I have a a friend slash sort of family member in New New York, uh, married into the family. Good guy. I'm not giving him shit, but he's a huge A&M fan. And every summer we'll go up there and, and, and he'll say, well, what do you think about A&M this year? What do you think? I said, they'll be about eight and four. And he goes, no, they're going to be way better than that. And I said, why? Oh, we're way better than that. I said, never. Have you ever been better than eight no. and four? <laughs> you know, I hear all the time. Well, you know, they're in the SEC. Well, guess what? They were in the Southwest Conference years ago. They never won it. No. And there were some real, other than Texas at that time and Arkansas, those were the dominant people in the Southwest Conference. You had Rice, you had Tech wasn't any good, Baylor wasn't any good. Houston. They never won the Southwest Conference. No. Or they might ever once in a while. Then they were in the Big 12. Never they, won it. No. No, they were eight and four every year in the big 12. every year. Yeah, you know, they were decent. They're just like they are now. So there's no difference. There's no difference. So anyway. it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And he's right. Jameis Winston made him a ton of money. And but other than that, they really weren't. They didn't have great teams at Florida State. And I'll tell you another thing, JL. He earned his stripes, or he got his reputation as a defensive or an offensive coordinator for Bobby Bowden, right? Or was it? Nick Saban. It was one of the other. Saban. Saban. Okay. He said, just because you coach for Nick Saban does not make you a great coach. I mean, that's been proven. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, and this is going to be weird to say, like take Sark, for example, at Texas. I kind of like, like as a person, I kind of actually kind of like him, but he's not a good coach. No. Not I like him too. He he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama when they had some of the best players they've it, ever had on offense. <laughs> it's players and what you do with them. But yeah. you can be the greatest coach in the world, and if you don't have players, you're going to get your ass beat. It's that simple. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you got good players, you got to be able to put them in the right spots, and that's what makes Saban what he is. He's a great recruiter, yeah. great motivator. He's got the fear of God in him. Yeah, he puts them where they belong. And well, don't get it twisted. We're not saying he doesn't produce good coaches. We're saying you coaching under him doesn't automatically make you a great coach. No. That's what we're saying. Like they've had some bad ones too. You can't just go and take everybody from that staff. What we're yeah. saying is, just because you're on Nick Saban's staff doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly like you know. Uh, Sark is a great example. He's just, he's not, he's not great. But again, you kind of knew that going in, like you saw him in other places. He wasn't good at other places as a head coach either. So anyway, we could go yeah. on and on. Um, all right, let's move on. What do we got here? Pittsburgh goes on the road to take on North Carolina, North Carolina, a three point <laughs> favorite in this game. I thought they'd be more. I think North Carolina is going to roll in this one. What about you? Uh, I think this, I'm, I'm a little surprised too, because Pitt's coming off a loss. They're four and three. It's in Chapel Hill. Uh, I think Carolina beats them by 
13, probably. I'm going yeah. North Carolina minus three. Yeah, I don't like this Pittsburgh team very well at all. I think North Carolina gets it done. And then finally, Stanford on the road against UCLA. 16.5-point favorite for the Bruins. Do they bounce back this weekend? Sneaky game here, too. Uh, coming off that loss, Stanford's won two in a row. Beat Notre Dame. Unimpressive last week, but won. Uh, I'm tempted to take Stanford plus 16.5 in this one. I don't know. I think it'll be... I think this is a really boring game, one way or the other. Yeah. I'm not fired up for this game. Um, I'll take yeah, I'll take Stanford as well, but I think the Bruins win. I mean they're gonna win. There's better games you can bet. I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to the NFL. We'll rapid fire these NFL picks. Tonight's game, Ravens on the road, take on the Buccaneers. By the way, we mentioned Willie Fritz, the coach at Tulane. Yes. And I talked to my buddy yesterday who knows him very well. Willie's a lot older than we thought. He's either oh. sixty. He's either sixty-two or sixty-three. No way, really. Yeah. He yeah. No, I mean, he said he doesn't act it, but he said I mentioned Nebraska some things. He said I think they'll hold that against him. That you know those type of schools don't want to hire somebody that old. So he said he's not necessarily looking to move, but he would like to. So he would like to. He did. He would like to move, though. Yeah, but he's not holding his breath. I guess I should say. Okay. So anyway, well, that's good to know. That we yeah. wanted to know about that. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Tampa Bay and the Ravens tonight. Where are you going? <laughs> well, let's see. This open plus. I think Mike was mentioning this on the Daily Show. Open it plus one and a half. Uh, let's see. Let's see. The Ravens were favored on Monday. Mm-hmm. And now it's gone all the way to Tampa minus two. And I guess it's because of the injury problems. Mark Andrews, I don't think, is going to play. I've not verified that, but evidently he's not. Mm-hmm. That hurts the Ravens. I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole, except I think I will take the under. 46, and that's the only thing I could possibly think of betting. I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. Well, all right. I'm going to take the Ravens in this game, uh, money line. And sure, I'll take the under as well. I think it'll be kind of a a tight game. I don't know. They're both trash. Uh, They both really need a win. So it makes for some desperate football tonight, which sometimes can produce a pretty good game. Um, they, They just really both need to win. So it'll be interesting. I'm going to take the Ravens. I think it will be, I don't think it'll be a well-played game because it involves the Ravens and the Buccaneers, but I do think it will be a, an entertaining game. Um, it's not going to be a snooze fest like we've been seeing. <laughs> so, all right, let's go to London where the <laughs> Russell Wilson led Denver Broncos will take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville, a two and a half point favorite in this one. Where are you going? You talk about trash. This is trash and trasher. (laughs) No interest in this whatsoever. I don't know. I'm not betting it. Why would you even touch this? Uh, Come on. There's got to be something better than this. Jacksonville going to win this game. I'm definitely definitely all over this one. Anytime you get to bet against the Broncos, you do it. I'll I'll take the Jaguars. Yeah, come on, Kevin. You got to get up early. You got to watch this game. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, God. Then it says by five, a field goal and a safety. for. There you go. That's good. I like it. 
I, I think Jacksonville wins. I don't. I think it. I think they're going to pull this one out. I. I don't think they'll have a whole lot of trouble, to be honest. All right, Panthers on the road to take on the Falcons. Panthers trying to make it two in a row. Falcons a four point favorite in this one. If Tampa loses tonight, the Falcons can take the lead in this division. Yeah, we talked about it uh, Monday. I think huge game <laughs> between a two and five and three and four. Uh, if the Panthers win, they're right in it. Who can say that? They are awful. The Falcons need this one. They can take a stranglehold on the division with a win at 4-4 four and four if Tampa loses tonight. I like the Falcons uh, minus four. I'll take the Falcons as well. Now, here's the deal. If Tampa loses, if the Panthers win, you'll have three teams at three and five in that division yeah. to be on top. So, yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to go Falcons, though. I think they get it done. All right. Bears and the Cowboys up next. Okay. And the Cowboys, nine and a half point favorite here against Chicago. Cowboys at home trying to build momentum. The Bears got a huge win uh, last week out of nowhere. Uh, Vegas, not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Cowboys are a big favorite. What do you think? I watched that game some Monday night. I was shocked. I would sit there and was shocked at yeah. what I was watching out of the Bears. Uh, the Patriots were helpless. I'm going to take Dallas to win, but I'm going Bears plus nine and a half. I think that's too many points. Yeah, um, same way. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win it, but I'm not going to be surprised the Bears cover that one. All right, Dolphins go on the road this weekend to take on the Lions. Dolphins need this one. They're three and a half point favorites. Do they get it done? They've got to win. If they don't win, you got to junk them. They've got to go to Detroit and beat the hapless Lions. They have to. I think it'll be close. Uh, three and a half. They may win by a field goal. That half point's kicking it. So I'm going Lions plus three and a half. Bears, uh, Dolphins win by three. No, Dolphins straight up. Dolphins cover. <laughs> Give me a break. Take the Lions. All right. I'm Cardinals come on the road to take on Minnesota. Feels like a little bit of a trap line, Papa Dude. Minnesota just a three and a half point favorite in this one. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of respect for the Vikings. Remember, Arizona's tough on the road. Could be an upset right here. This is possible. I'm going not Minnesota. so fast. Minnesota. I'm big. picking Minnesota, but I think there'll be a it's a chance for an upset. Minnesota, big. Okay. big. Yeah. Kirk Cousins at noon on Fox. Big. Kirk Cousins, noon, big. Vikings. All right. Raiders go on the road to take on the Saints. The Raiders are a one and a half point favorite. It's just a big game for the Raiders. It is. And we're bragging on them. Here's their chance to back us up, right? You gotta go in there and beat New Orleans if you're a decent team. And they still got a shot. If they could get on a roll with the Chargers tanking it and the Broncos tanking it, you know, they could beat those teams. They could they could sneak into the playoffs if they get to rolling because they're they're not bad. So they've yeah. got to cover this. They have to. So I'm going Raiders to cover that. Must win for the Raiders. I do think they get it done. I do think they get it done. I, I do. I'm going to go Raiders by three. Raiders by a field goal in this one. All right. Patriots go on the road to take on the Jets. It's a huge game. I'm shocked that the Patriots are favored even after that game on Monday night. The Jets are five and two. What do you think? Two and a half point favorites for New England. Well, you know what? It opened at one and a half before that game, and now it's two and a half. Yeah, I know. That makes no sense to me. I guess they think that Belichick will rally the troops, and he has a way of doing that back when he had good players. He doesn't have good players. I like the Jets in this one. Not so fast, my friend. Patriots get it done. They start zappy from the start. They they move the ball. They stop the Jets. 
Patriots win this game by five. All right, Steelers. Argue with you, you went eleven and three last week, so I cannot argue with you. Well, that means I could go three and eleven this week, just as easy. All right, Steelers go on the road to take on the Eagles. The Eagles are eleven point favorites. A lot of points there, but uh, what do you think of this one? Too many points. Eagles win. Pittsburgh plus eleven. I think Eagles cover even in this one too. Wow. Eagles with the victory, I think they're gonna they're gonna come out and and dominate this one. All right. Let's move on to the Titans and the Texans. The Tennessee Titans, two and a half point favorites on the road here against the Texans. What do you think? No respect for the Titans, none whatsoever. Tennessee, minus two and a half. Tennessee, big. This will be an easy game. Easy game for Tennessee. They'll probably pull the starters in the second quarter of this one. All right. Commanders go on the road to take on the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are a three and a half, or excuse me, a three-point favorite at home against the Commanders. Big game, really, for these middling loser teams that might actually sneak into the playoffs. Who gets it done? Uh, see, you're right. It's a big game. If Washington get to four and four, you know they're not bad. We know the Colts aren't very good, but a win keeps them right in a chance for the division. I see an upset here. I'm going to go Washington plus three. Commanders. <laughs> Forget about that three points. Take them on the money line. Commanders go in and beat Sam Ellinger and the Colts. Commanders straight up. Take them on the money line. Don't take the points. Come on. Just put, put that plus money to use. All right, 49ers on the road to take on the Rams, but the 49ers are a favorite, one-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Big game for this division. Where are you going? Does this surprise you, the line? A bit, yes. Does me. After yes. the way they played the other night, or the other day against the Chiefs. Rams had a week off. L.A. Plus I like the Rams. Okay. I like the Rams. Another one. Bet them on the money line. Underdog. I like them. The Giants are 6-1. and one. They go to Seattle this weekend. 4-3. and three. Seattle playing great. Seattle a three-point favorite in this one. We're all sitting around waiting for the Giants to lose. Right? Right. Is this the week? If Seattle wins, they're five and three, and that is unbelievable. Seattle minus three. Seattle will win this twenty-eight to <laughs> ten. Seattle wins it twenty-eight to ten. No, give them seventeen. Twenty-eight seventeen. No way. It's twenty-eight to ten. I like Seattle a lot in this game. They can play well. I think the win. No disrespect to the Giants. It's time for them to lose one. Tough trip out west. Seattle playing well. Uh, I don't think the Giants will be able to stop them enough to hold on and beat them. So, Seattle for me. All right, Packers go on the road on Sunday night football uh, to take on the Bills, and the Bills are 11.5 point favorites in this one. Can you believe that? Before no. the season started, would you think the Bills would be an 11.5 point favorite over the Packers, and you're sitting there thinking that they may actually cover that? I can see why they would be now, but at the beginning yeah. of the year, no. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if the Packers have any pride left, they're going to play them closer than that. They're going to go up there and play a great game. I don't know if they do. So I, I'm not going to bet it, but I'm going to go Packers plus 11 and a half. And if they don't cover that, I think Aaron, jo uh, Aaron Rodgers needs to get a haircut, and shave. I think, 
And quit looking like he's homeless. I think for the Packers to cover this, they're going to need to use voodoo and other <laughs> sorts of magic or sorcery of some sort. I think the Bills will absolutely curb stomp the Packers. I hope. I hope. I don't think it's close. I hope you're big, big in this game. All right. Finally, Halloween. And what two better teams for Halloween than the Bengals and the Browns? It's the orange. It's the black. Man, this is what a setting for this one. Cincinnati on the road to the scary Cleveland Browns. Three and a half point favorite for the Bengals. Do they keep it rolling? You think they did these colors on purpose? Surely they did. It's really cool how that's come out. Uh, Yes, Cleveland goes down. Cincinnati keeps it rolling. I think you're right. Uh, Now, I could see the Browns putting some kind of monkey wrench in this and maybe the hook gets you beat. If you try to play the spread, I think the Bengals win. Uh, I do think they cover it, but I could see the Browns just, just to be assholes jump in there and beat you on that. Um, how is the over under only 46? I agree. I think it's going over that. What about you? I don't know. They may be thinking weather might play a factor. I don't know. You never know in Cleveland what the weather's going to be. I don't know. These NFL games, I don't know. You can go over 46 in any of them, to be honest. <laughs> a lot of these teams are bad, bad, uh, bad teams out there for sure. I think they're figuring the Browns aren't going to score much. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think the way Joe Burrow looked last week, he, he yeah. probably are going to lean towards the under. You know, the Bengals don't play well against the Browns in no, recent, in recent yeah. years. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. All right. That's it. That's all we got. It's good. All right, questions. That NFL fast. I know. Well, we were on a theme of favorite stuff last week, so I think we need to go back to that. But I, we kind of covered the baseball caps, I believe. We did kind of cover the caps. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've, I've seen this online some, and I think it's interesting. Let's do favorite college helmet. Okay. What do you think? A helmet that just is really good. Oh, boy. I do not, uh, not agree with the number one pick, by the way. Favorite college helmet. Hmm. I think Notre Dame's is about as pretty as there is. That's a, that's a plain helmet. It's iconic, though. If you see them in person, you cannot believe how that thing shines. Yes. Yep. It just it does. Yeah, that's good. I never even thought of them. Yeah. Number I can one, remember the when they came to Norman, I thought, wow, that is an iconic helmet. It's true. The number one ranked one on whatever poll I saw was Michigan, which I hate that helmet. It you do know immediately who they are. Mm-hmm. But I don't like that helmet. Do you? I don't love Michigan's, but it is like kind of an iconic helmet, but I, I don't love them. Uh, Heather chimes in and says, what about the Oregon Ducks? She loves that one. That's good. Yep. That's good. Uh, I think, uh, shoot, I just had one and it slipped my mind. Uh, I like, uh, I don't, what do, you, what do you think about Ohio State's? I don't I like, like it. You do? I don't like all those things they have on them, those yeah. Buckeyes they put on there. The Seminoles. I think the Seminoles one is pretty cool. Florida State has a great helmet. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. That is do. a very, very good helmet. I've always liked Florida State. Yeah. I think that's a pretty cool thing. Can anybody think of another one? Uh, USC's is pretty cool. USC's a really nice one. 
No doubt about it. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, the Florida Gator helmet, I think is great. Well, uh, yeah, everything about that mascot's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, OU's is iconic. It's, mm-hmm. it's OU definitely. Yeah. It really is good. The, the interlocking OU is really, always good, like you said. Yeah. Uh, that Florida State helmet's hard to beat. It's pretty dang cool. It's pretty. It really is. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, hate, hate to say it, the Texas Longhorn helmet is fantastic. Well, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, most helmets are not real flashy. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, let's go through while you got them up there, all the teams. Let's go through the NFL jerseys. Okay. NFL and we can do helmets as we as we go through here. Now that'll make it easier. There's no way we could do all the college. There's too many of them. Yeah, NFL jerseys, boy, those. Well, you've got the thing there. Can't you just flip through them? Yeah, here, let me put it up here. That that, that they, these are tough though because there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sense. I mean, we don't have to rate the bet whether it's somewhere we like them or not. I like the okay. Yeah, we can do that. Go through all of them. Uh, all right, Buffalo Bills. I like everything about the helmet and the jersey. Agree. New York Jets. Yeah. So so. Yeah, I agree. Not not huge. What about the Dolphins? Love them. Me too. Me but too. I love the I love a dolphin. I it's one of my favorite animals, and uh, yeah. I was a huge dolphin fan when they were really good in the seventies. Yeah, I, yeah. I love. I, I, I like the Dolphins a lot. What about the Patriots? I like the Patriots. I do too. I like the Patriots a lot. I didn't really like the old helmet with the real Patriot on there. No, for him. But uh, I do like. I think their uniforms are really pretty. They're yes. new. Yes, yeah. I love the Patriots uniform. Out of the out of those four, the Bills and the Patriots are tops yeah. for me. Dolphins would be a close third, though. Mm-hmm. I agree. Saratoga clear fourth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, Baltimore Ravens. Hate them. Me too. I don't like them at all. I don't like the color combination. I, you know, I I think the helmets got too much. I just don't like it. Purple and black. That's not for me. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Awful. Yeah, they're not awful, but it's hard yeah. to do a lot with those colors. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns. Worst. The worst in the league, no doubt. They're terrible. And the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, yeah, I got to like those. Those are iconic. I don't really like them because I don't like black. Yeah. But the helmet's great. I mean, it, they're they're classic uniforms. And you know what? They don't ever change them. They keep no. them. Thing. They don't yeah. mess around with them. They're classic, but they're not pretty or anything like that. Oh, no. You yeah. can't. Black and gold, forget it. You can't be yeah. pretty. The new Bengal white ones, I agree with JL. They're pretty Yeah, cool. you're right. They are. I, they just get they get too funky with some of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, Tennessee Titans. They're okay. I, I, like, like, okay. I like the color. What yeah. about the Colts? Classic. It's a classic uniform from way back. Yeah. Uh, I like them. Well, uh, I, I like blue. So. Right. Jaguars, puke. <laughs> They're awful. I agree. And uh, Texans. I can't even think what they look like. <laughs> They're not. They're pl- They're kind of. They're plain. They're average. Yeah. Yeah. Average. That's yeah. good. Kansas City Chiefs. Beautiful. Yes, they're good. They're, uh, they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous uniforms. They really are. Yes, the good colors, and they've done a good job with them. These are the best. The baby blue Chargers. That's no the doubt. Best. Yeah. No doubt. Shitty they're team there. does not deserve. These uniforms. Yes, I totally agree, but they are fantastic. Yep. Uh, Raiders. Horrible. Yeah. But you know what? That's what the Raiders 
should be. I mean, they should have that color scheme. That's right. that's what they're all about. And back when they were great in the 70s, uh, you know, that was an iconic uniform. Yes, for sure. And the Denver Broncos. Well, I don't really like them. I think they're okay. They're okay. Um, I like the orange. I don't really like the navy blue. I much. think I think they're at they've some of their uniforms over the years have been better than others. Let's say yeah. they're not bad. They're not bad. Yeah. Um, all right, NFC the Eagles. They're okay. I like them. I think that helmet's pretty cool. Yep, I like them. Yeah. Yeah, I think Dennis just summed it up. The Broncos could could be worse, could be better. It's kind of middle of the road. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, New York Giants. Oh, I think their road jerseys are so pretty. I love. I them. like them. Yeah. Home, yeah. not so much. Road, I really like them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're good. Dallas Cowboys. Well, it's iconic. There's yeah. nothing you can you can't you know whether you like them or not. The uniforms pretty good. The uniforms are good, no doubt. And then the Commanders. Formerly the Redskins, they're, they they're just blah. You know they're yeah. Now when they were the they've changed them. When they were the Redskins, they were kind of cool. I thought. Yeah, they, they were always just kind of average for they me. They had to change them, and that's okay. There's nothing they could do. Yeah. All right. I think the uh, the Vikings. How about the Vikings? Good. Yeah, solid. Packers. Yeah. Well, another one. Iconic. Iconic. Everybody knows the Green Bay uniform. You, yeah. you, it, it's good. Bears. Awful. But it's iconic, too. Same thing. Iconic, but yeah. And the Lions. Good color scheme. You know. I, I don't think a team has ever done less with such a good color scheme. Absolutely. It's they're pretty, very plain. Well, yeah. And then they're awful. The team's awful. Right. They, and that, that makes more, They could be better. Yeah. All right. Tampa Bay. I don't I don't care for those too much. They're better than what they used to have. Yeah. That orange and yeah. Ugh, it was bad. But now the Tampa Bay is not too bad now. What about yeah. the Falcons? They're kind of just there. Yeah. Just average. They're okay. they're okay. Carolina Panthers. No. No, they're dumb. Saints. Yeah. Don't like the colors, you know, so I don't like the uniform. It's probably pretty good though, if you like those colors. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I I don't like the colors either. That's where I'm at with the Saints. They're they're not terrible, but I don't I don't love them. No. Right. All right, Seattle Seahawks. Sometimes they wear those ones. They kind of kind of kind of get to you a little bit. I kind of like some of them. Yeah, I'm on the fence with them, but uh, yeah. Eh. The more I see that real neon green, I I kind of like it. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's average at best though. Over. Right, it's kind of just give and take. Yeah. yeah. Uh the Rams. The Rams, now that they're wearing the jersey that they wore before they came to St. Louis. Yeah. I really like them. So do you did not like the early 2000 Rams? Not really. I didn't like the ones when they played in St. Louis. I didn't okay. like those as well. And I was a Rams fan, but I didn't I I really like this jersey they have now. Yeah. My uh, just the other way around. My horse that I chose for the sports show or for the daily show today just won. All right, good, good. We're uh, not eight, eight to five. Eight All to right, five. we're not going to go for three. That's good. Oh, whew, gosh, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, that's good. Said, never in doubt. It was close the whole stretch. Um. Okay. 
Uh, here we go. Let's go. I got distracted. What about the 49ers? Good. I do. I agree. I like them. They're uh, they're iconic also. Yes. Yes, I agree. And then finally, another former St. Louis team, Arizona. Cardinals. Well, I like the colors, and I ate in the so they're okay. They're nothing great. They're okay. Um, I like the color scheme, but it seems like they just don't do much. Yeah, it's plain, pretty plain. Woo! That was a closed horse race. Let me tell you, well, you got, got it at the top of the stretch and fought back. Well, that's good. <laughs> I, I've been distracted ever since that happened. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, the Rams, the Rams two thousand jerseys weren't. I I disagree. I liked them kind of. I didn't. I just never did. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it, Kevin, it was uh, it was close. He got ahead of the top stretch and then came back. So that's good. All right. Well, I got one more. Okay, it's got to be quick. It's gonna be. This is a really good question. Okay. Two athletic positions. Okay, here you go. Okay. What's more important? Quarterback or pitcher? Oh, God. What is more important, a quarterback or a pitcher? This is hard to choose. I don't think you can. Oh, A pitcher. Well, you can go either way. No, I think it's a pitcher. I think a pitcher is the best answer. The thing about the pitcher, he controls the entire... Everything. Yeah. Like, if a pitcher is no good, you are helpless. If a quarterback yep. is no good, you can do things to disguise that. Right. But you're not going to win big. Now, okay, hold on. We're talking about not a specific pitcher. No, we're talking about what the is position. more important to win, like to to win a game, right? The position, right? The position, not an individual, right? Right. So, like, if you have a bad pitcher or a bad quarterback, what's going to hurt you the most? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I think it's a pitcher. Yeah, and what JL he's saying, we he thought he we met. A single pitcher that only goes over five days. Right. And that's it. His answer is correct if you're talking about a single person. But we're just talking about in general. If you've got if you're if you enter a game with a bad pitcher or a bad quarterback, what is worse? I think it's a pitcher. That's a good good answer. I mean, it, it's it's debatable either way. Uh can you think of another position in any sport that's as important as a pitcher or a quarterback? No, because like okay, say you have a horrible quarterback. If he can take a snap, you can run the ball, you know, with a with a running back. And if you have a good back and a good line, your quarterback, even if he's bad, you can still move the ball some. Mm -hmm. the pitcher, if the pitcher is bad and can't get anybody out, or let's say he can't even throw strikes, mm -hmm. nothing done. else on the field can function. No. Like if you've got a great infield, but the pitcher can't throw strikes, you, you can't use utilize your other players on the field. Yeah. Where a quarterback, you still have players that you can utilize without right. your quarterback. The only other sport where I can think of another position that's very, very important would be soccer or hockey. With goalies. Goalie. Yeah. Can control a whole game. A, a goalie can, for sure. Um, that's about – I would rank a goalie second behind a pitcher. Yeah. And then I would rank a quarterback third. Okay. 
And really, in basketball, there is no position that's dominant. Well, Jesse said a point guard because if you can't get the ball, I did think about a point guard, Jesse. I did. Yeah, but I don't think there's important as a goalie or a pitcher or a quarterback. If you don't have a great point guard, you still if you've got enough around them, you've got guys that could help in that position. Um, yeah, I mean, with a goalie, you've got guys that can help and limit shots, but you're still going to give up some shots. Uh, you know, the goalie's going to have to make saves during the course of a game. Yeah, and to, so to, goalies, yeah. to emphasize your point or to verify it, when the Atlanta Braves got good back in the 90s, what mm-hmm. did they do? They had fantastic pitchers. And right. they suddenly became a good team. Yeah. Well, what 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 a great pitcher or a great quarterback or a great goalie will do is cover a lot of problems yes, that you absolutely. have on a team. Like if you can't field uh, or you can't hit, it doesn't matter because the pitcher right. can control things. A quarterback, we've seen it at OU, a quarterback will cover a lot of problems. It does. We've seen it this year. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah true. But when the Braves got good, they had solid starting pitching. And every you know every day they ran out there, they didn't have to score a lot of runs to win. Right, the yep. pitchers shut them down. And if you you know when you see a team start to get good, come out of nowhere, look at the pitching staff, and that's usually what's happened. They've accumulated pitching. Yep. And yep. you still need to score some runs, obviously, but pitchers can keep you in games. Yep. And give yourself a chance. Anyway. All right, pick five hit at Keeneland as well. Hit both these pick fives to start off at Akron. You, you just turn off the thing now. You're done for the day. It's, it's unbelievable. I don't need Did to that one pay. Uh, this one, let's see. What the date is about 650? No, 625. 625. Uh, how much bet was the bet? Uh, $96. All right. Yep, there you go. I'm on fire right now. You are. You're rolling. You don't want to peak too soon. You got the Breeders' Cup next weekend. I feel like I've peaked too soon. It's <laughs> not a good sign. That's not a good omen. They had a pick five yesterday at Belmont for or at uh, Keeneland for a thousand, and then I hit this pick five for six hundred. Oh, this the one at Belmont good. for five hundred. The show this, of course hit. I mean, this is not good. They're not good. I hate to tell you this. This is not good. Whew. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. Oh, well, well, you still got a week. You can cool off in the next few days. This is true. This is true. Cool off this weekend. Get hot next weekend. There you go. All right. We're going to get out of here, guys. We got a lot to go. Thank you. Uh, Magic Mike coming up in two hours. Blinkers off. I think it's going to be a little bit after that. So that's it for us. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Um, And hopefully, like I said, we don't go in a slump, Jason. I I don't plan on it. Uh, (laughs) Here's this. A lot of the handicapping for the Breeders' Cup I'm doing right now while I'm hot. Good good job. So there you go. You'll be more confident when you're hot. There you go. All right, guys. We're going to get off here. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Um, and we will see you for Magic Mike right back here at 430. See you, guys. This is Dude to Bet Sports. Dude to Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dude to Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dude to Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit.